my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In a recent episode, I talked about different building methods that help us ride out literal storms in our homes. I mean, think about what people have been through, but how about riding out financial storms? I've got several steps I want you to take to be prepared. It could be fire, storm, flood, or any other sudden misfortune. We don't talk about that. Also, we've had a lot of questions recently and comments from parents who are trying to figure out ways to properly teach their kids about money. And I want to share how important that is and some ways you can get it done. Okay, so... When is it we tell our significant other, spouse, loved ones, kids, relatives, friends, parents, whatever, what our wishes are, what we've got, anything like that, usually the middle Tuesday and never. We never get around to it because it's a conversation that is unpleasant because it means something bad has happened. So I want you to think about preparing for the what ifs let's talk about the storms you know storm comes how are you prepared for that where's your key paperwork do you have copies of things anywhere stored like in the cloud or stored uh, at a friend's house or whatever i mean where do you get the information in the event something goes wrong And stuff you have is destroyed in an event, fire or whatever. You know, I have it set up where I have an electronic record of account numbers and things like that. And then, of course, I have paper files as well. If the paper files are destroyed, I still have access to the information. I have online access set up for my auto insurer, my homeowner's insurer, I know where I can go to get that information. There's other stuff, though. I mean, that's just a simple thing. What about your key papers? Like, do you have a will? Have you done a will? If you've got minor kids, you've got to have a will. Because if you don't have a will done, the government, the state, your state decides who raises your kids. No, 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 that's not okay. You want to decide who raises your kids. A lot of people will say, well, I don't have anything. Why would I do a will? Those kids are our most precious thing we got, right? Make sure you're protecting them. Make sure you have at least a simple will where you have said what you want to have happen and who takes care of your kids. Very simple. And then where are you going to put that stuff? Who's going to know it's there? Are you going to have a firebox? We got one. We have a big fire safe that is supposedly waterproof. We'll see. And fireproof. And the stuff's there. But you got to let people know you got that stuff. And having a digital copy of things just so you've got them, the records, so important. Who knows what financial accounts you have? I'm not talking about the scammer who's trying to get at your money. Who has that information who should have it? Have you thought that through? Here's another one. 
if you get dislocated because something happens and you have to evacuate where you live, where you live is destroyed or whatever, how are you going to know what bills you have and who they're paid to? Very simple. I have that stored on my phone, all the bills I have to pay and when they're due. So, that, you know, generally in the month. So that if I am uh, in a situation where I'm not in my normal abode and my life's kind of messed up because there's something that happens in the world, I still have the information at my fingertips to be able to make sure that all my obligations are being met. I know these are all like things, yeah, I know I should do that. I'll get around to it. So tackle the ones that you can tackle now, the ones that you're comfortable with getting done. Because the more you do is more a favor to yourself and those you love as you take care of these things. Krista? This question's from Richard in Connecticut. Are credit unions a safer place to keep your money than a bank or the same if a crash should occur? And is there any difference if you wanted to draw out your money in cash? No difference at all. Uh, credit union, if it's an NCUA affiliated institution, National Credit Union Administration, they are the same as FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. So you have the same $250,000 of protection. Your money is safe. Even in the financial meltdown in 2000, the banking scandals, when all those banks failed, starting in 07, anybody who had a quarter million or less in any financial institution in the United States that was FDIC or NCUA insured was absolutely safe and their money was fine. This is from Charles in Tennessee. How should we figure out how much to pay when you say to pay twice a month toward credit card debt, would you pay the minimum twice or would you use the three-year payoff amount twice? Oh, okay. So let me explain that, Charles. So if you are running a balance on credit cards and you're trying to pay 100 a month or 200 a month or $50 a month or whatever it is, instead, send them half that amount twice a month or if you can, send half that amount every two weeks and you get out of debt a whole lot quicker because the interest on credit cards and it's very high interest rates on credit cards is calculated daily. So getting a money days earlier does so much for you reducing the balance. And in fact, this is nuts. If you start off paying the minimum required on a card that you have balance on, you're not charging on it anymore and you pay half that minimum every 14 days. And even as the minimum starts to go down, as the balance goes down, you keep paying that original half of that minimum every 14 days, you'll get out of debt, believe it or not, in one-fourth the time that you would otherwise. It's all simple compound interest and math. And from Joseph in Ohio, my wife recently graduated from college with a bachelor's degree and began teaching Spanish at a local school near our home. She had been taking classes while being a stay-at-home mom for our five kids. We were married in Guatemala and moved here with an infant son. My wife began to take college courses while learning English. She is amazing. She is being offered the opportunity to participate in a Vanguard IRA or Roth IRA. 
My question is, is an IRA a good investment idea? She is 46 years old and I'm 52 and work for a local government agency with about nine years left until I'm eligible for full retirement. With a larger family, this is the first real opportunity for us to have a significant enough increase in income to think about how to move forward. Well, congratulations all the way around. And as far as what your wife should do, Joseph, doing the Roth IRA with Vanguard would be preferable to doing traditional. The long-term tax benefit of having the tax-free growth on that money and have money that can be spent tax-free is especially valuable because you're going to have this full retirement pension from the government agency. So her having money that is not subject to tax when it's used way down the road is very much to her advantage. She's got maybe 20 years of work in front of her potentially till mid-60s. She'll be able to accumulate quite a bit of money in that Roth IRA. Simplest would be to go in a target retirement fund year 2040 maybe and have that money grow over time, maybe not every year as we're seeing right now with our retirement accounts and investments, but it will be a really positive way for her to build substantial financial security over the next 20 years. From Mark in Illinois, any downside to opening another brokerage account to get a free sign-up bonus? Besides the legwork of opening the account, Chase is offering $625 if I transfer stock or money from my Fidelity account. I think that's fine. The one thing you want to find out from Chase is if you later dump them as a brokerage house, what exit fee are you charged when you exit? A lot of brokerage houses charge a high brokerage break fee, basically, when you take your money from them and move to another. So that 625 may be an illusion because of what they charge you when you later decide, I'm going back fully to Fidelity or whatever. So for that reason, you want to be cautious before you do that. It's different with a deal you might see from Chase or Citi. They've been very aggressive with these new account opening offers on the bank side where they'll offer you 250 or $500 or whatever. You just have to stay their customer for whatever number of months and you get that bonus money and then you can give them the heave-ho and there's no cost for that. On the brokerage side, on the other hand, you may get hit with a meaningful fee. Coming up, I want to talk about kids and money. When's the last time you had a conversation with your kids about money? And what your kids don't know can really hurt them. Or let's look at it in reverse. The more you have not a conversation, but conversations can really help your kids. I'm going to tell you why coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. 
Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I read a story in Barron's about parents talking to their kids about money or not talking to their kids about money. And roughly 60% of parents never talk to their kids about money. What do they think? Kids are going to learn about money on the playground? No. I mean, this is a problem because parents keep money as like a state secret. They don't talk about it with their kids. How are kids going to know what to do, how to do? And don't just wait for the schools to teach it. We expect the schools to do everything. But this is a role that belongs in your own household. And even if you're not thrilled with how you've handled money, it's really important to talk to your kids about money and be as honest with them as you're willing to about the things you wish you had learned and done differently. And be age appropriate, you know, depending on the age of your kids. So in a Barron story, I saw that if a kid was given $100, and asked what they wanted to do with it. What would they do with it? Well, half of the kids said they'd save the money. You'd think, we as parents, we have that mentality, we'd think, oh, you give a kid $100, it's gone by sunset. No, half of the kids say, hey, I'd save that money. Almost a third say they'd invest it. Only uh, not even a fourth said they'd just spend it. Every kid's different. But where would they invest? This is where a parental role is so important. Overwhelmingly, when kids were asked where they would invest money, they said they'd invest in crypto. 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 Oh, my goodness. First of all, crypto's not an investment. Not an investment. Crypto is speculation. And I've talked enough about crypto. I'm not going to rehash all that. But to me, that's really a problem that the buzz is what it is that kids not having any input other than whatever they're hearing out there think that crypto's the magic elixir to getting wealthy. Oh, my goodness. So, parents, please have ongoing conversations with your kids about money, not to worship money. It's never about treating money as a God. Money is a means to an end. And kids get the idea of being FI, financially independent. Retirement, that's a concept that is, I mean, for a teen to hear about retirement or a preteen, that's like, I mean, you might as well be talking about what things are going on on Mars. I mean, it's not relevant. But talking to a kid about money being a means to the things you want and being independent, being in charge, kids get the concept of being in charge. Because one thing kids aren't in their lives is in charge. Everybody's telling them what to do, right? So that's a great basis to talk to kids about the basics of money. I think about the things, the programs that 
the banks, I always pick on banks, but it's just their mentality. When they do any kind of education of kids, it's always about, well, this is how a, uh, you should get this debit card or this is how credit cards work. It's all about borrowing and spending, never about investing. And if it's about anything, it's about, now you should put your money in our savings account that pays one one hundredth of 1%. This would really be great for you. No, you need to teach your kids the basics of why investing one step at a time is so important and how this is how you build that financial independence. And when a kid has his or her first job as a teen, that's when you start talking about things they can do with money that builds that financial independence, i.e. Roth IRA. So you talk about those things with your kids. Again, never a single conversation. It must be an ongoing thing. But emphasis, never on money being the end-all, be-all. Money is a tool to accomplish other things. Krista? I'll say, when, to get my kids to do their Roth IRAs, I didn't say retirement necessarily, but I said, this will make you rich one day in the beginning before we and went they to grabbed hold that of was, that. That was a key. Gaylene in Wisconsin says, my 15-year-old son is interested in the stock market. We are in the process of setting up a Roth since he has a part-time job. However, he is looking at something more hands-on or interactive. We would move forward with this Roth, but we also wanted to check out something through an app. Are you familiar with Bumper or Bloom? They're geared toward teens. I would assume it would be something like Robinhood. We're not talking a lot of money. A parent or guardian would be the primary on the account. It would be used for educational purposes and fun. Thoughts? Yeah, both Bumper and Bloom are good tools for kids to connect to investing. Uh, One of them, I think Bloom's the Fidelity one. Mm -hmm. And Bumper is an independent uh, Bumper works on a freemium business model. The services offered at base are free. If you want additional tools from them, you pay. Um, the Fidelity is really a well-thought-out, the Bloom, it's a well-thought-out way for kids to feel connected to investing. And I love what Fidelity has done. Fidelity's put real effort on thinking about Uh, making investing accessible to kids. And they've done a great job at it with their main website and with Bloom. Confused in Utah says, my dad is always trying to teach me about finances, investments, real estate stocks, cryptos, and just money in general. I'll listen and literally none of it makes sense whatsoever. (laughs) And when he tries to clarify, it gets worse. (laughs) Do you have any advice or easy to understand or simplified resources for teens looking to learn about these things? So um, we have really basic stuff on Clark.com about uh, various phases of investing. I do really like the tools from investopedia.com. If you go to investopedia, they've got um, like an education section that's divided into different topic areas. Uh, you just see the education thing at the top. You click and it's got guides to stocks, how stocks work, everything about them uh, that you would need to know to really understand what your dad's talking about and you'll see different topics on money where they give you a nice educational briefing that is written in clear simple english 
And Jill says, my son has quite a bit of money saved up and he would like to purchase a car. He is 23 years old and has no credit as of yet. He would like to build credit and is wondering if he should finance the car in order to build it. He could easily pay cash for the car. That's an interesting scenario. So Jill, I'm concerned if your son's never had credit, he may be what's called a thin or no, that there's no credit file on him. Uh, First thing I'd like you to do is have your son go to uh, Credit Karma and set up an account and see if he can see a credit file on himself. If he's a thin or no, he's going to have to establish credit. And there are multiple ways to do it. The easiest probably would be to go to a credit union uh, and see what account they have that he can set up. It may be some kind of starter credit card that requires that he open a CD or savings account at the credit union um, just to establish credit. The problem with doing the vehicle loan when he's got the cash to buy the vehicle is that, yes, dealers will finance anybody, but under what terms and what interest rates, they could be really ugly. Uh, It's also possible that Jill, a credit union would say in a case where he's got all the cash to buy a vehicle, that if he takes out a very small loan for the purchase of the vehicle, that they may write him since they'd have so much uh, protection, equity in that vehicle, if he borrowed like 25% of the cost of the car from a credit union, they might make him an at-market interest rate loan because they'd have such enormous equity in it. But the best thing would be for him to join a credit union Go sit down with a loan officer at the credit union and talk this through and he'll be able to get started with establishing credit. And what a great story that he's such a great saver that he's got enough money to pay cash for a car. What a deal. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. I want you to know that we do this to serve you and I love your feedback. If you feel like there's something we should be doing on this podcast or on our websites that you feel we're not doing adequately right now, I'd love to know that. If there's stuff you'd like more of from us, please take the time to give us that feedback so we can be a better service to you. Have a great one.